Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Well, hello there, family. It's good to see you. Yeah? Excellent. I hope you're having a great Sabbath. I am having a fantastic one. Got to see an old friend today that just happened to show up to church today. That's pretty great. How about you? Yeah, good. Good, good. I'm just realizing that I think I left my clicker somewhere. So that's going to be important for me to find. Hmm. I apologize. I wonder if I left it up in my office. Yeah, well, that's all right. We know how to do this. There's folks in the back who can help me out, right? All right, they can help me out. They know how to do these things. All right. I teased Atara because first uh, uh, first worship service, she was getting her worship on, didn't get this up here. And today I was getting my worship on second service and totally forgot about the clicker. What do you know about that? All right. We are doing a sermon series called Love Is because love is the cornerstone, the cornerstone of what we do here at Whole Life Church. It's our first value. It is in our mission statement, loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. And it's really the, the energy behind being a church without walls that's actively engaged in our communities and service. So love is pretty important. And it's pretty important for us to actually be on the same page with what that word means. Because we use word love a lot. And sometimes... Well, you know, I don't think that word means exactly what you think it means at times. And so I want to make sure that we as a family are on the same page. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your love to us, how you watch over us, and how you take care of us. We thank you that no matter what, you are always there for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. And God brought to my mind where that clicker went. Yeah, look at that. God is good. That's right. All right. Gore Vidal in 1974 in an interview said this, Envy is the central fact of American life. 1974. So in 2021, do you think Gore is still correct? Well, let's go ahead and let's remind that this guy is a little bit cynical, okay? And by the way, if you don't know who Gore Vidal is, because you, you know, maybe weren't around in 1974, um, Gore is a secularist. He's not a a Christian. So he's not some preacher up front trying to shame people into feeling bad about their sins. This is a secularist who is saying that envy is the central fact of American life. And like I said, he might have been a little jaded because in another place, uh, good old Gore said uh, that a little part of him died every time one of his friends did well. Adds a little context to that quote, doesn't it? So, um, but what do you think? 
Envy is an essential part of American life. I want you to think about that. I'll, I'll have some thoughts, but sometimes I think as pastors, we tell you the answer is too quick. Don't give you a chance to think about it a little bit for yourself. So I'd like to hear what you think. That's why we have a survey. You've, you've heard about it earlier. If you haven't already done the survey, it's really simple. It's anonymous. You just go ahead and use the QR code with your, your phone if you want to, or you can just go to minty.com. You can type in 64678378. It'll take you right to this survey. And we're going to ask you to tell us on a scale of one to seven how jealous you are. One, I'm not jealous at all. Seven, I am crazy jealous and envious. And by the way, this is the time if you're at home, this is a great time for you to go ahead and, you know, get on here and participate. It's like you're here with us. You can go ahead and do that with us if you want. So go ahead and get on there if you're at home watching us from there. We're so glad you're a part of this, by the way. So we're going to go ahead and you want to take a quick look at how the survey is coming out so far? You can see this in real time. So uh, you can, well, live survey results here. See, me, me with my clicker has messed everybody up today. This is just like, man, Ken, please. So uh, let's see if we can try one more time. We'll, we'll give it one more shot and see. If not, don't worry. We'll come back to it later. Let's see what we can do. How are we doing? One second. We'll just, uh, here, they're, they're giving me the old news uh, thing, stretch, make it stretch. And, and un, unlike, and you, oh, there we go. There we go. So I stretch. There we go. Okay. So uh, here, are, some things don't change between first and second service. 130 people, 132, 134, 137. Oh, okay. I need to stop. We have about 138 people who have responded so far, and right now, uh, you guys are taking the safe course, if you don't mind me saying it, you know? You know, we don't want to be, we don't want pastor to think we're, you know, really envious, but we also don't want to be, like, too humble, you know? So we're going to go right in that middle slot. So um, 39% of you, 40% of you are saying that you're sometimes envious. It's going back and forth. Oh, we got to keep moving because uh, it'll just, I can get caught on that slide for too long. All right. Jealousy, the green-eyed monster. Anybody know where that comes from? The, uh, the term green-eyed monster? Those of you who weren't in first service? What? No. Did I, did I hear the right answer? Okay, okay. Nobody else brave? Want to get? I mean, this is... What? <laughs> the Hulk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've got such a cool... Cool congregation of people here. This is so cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. It uh, it comes from uh, a little bit, perhaps a little bit higher brow than uh, the Hulk. It comes from Shakespeare. Yeah. Anybody know the the Shakespeare the piece from Shakespeare that this comes from? Somebody yelled Hamlet. That's the guess every time. It's actually Othello. Um, these are, it comes from the Othello, if you're not familiar with uh, Act 3, Part 3. And Iago, the treacherous Iago, who you all remember from your, you know, junior or senior year of high school English, right? The treacherous Iago says, Oh, beware, my lord of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster that doth mock the meat which it feeds on. That was pretty good. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that. All right. So if you don't know the story behind this, um, <laughs> so this particular, uh, as, as, as often happens with Shakespeare, Shakespeare is definitely more Nicholas Sparks than Hallmark, right? Um, you know the subtle difference, right? Both of them kind of look, 
look the same kind of on the outside, but the, the difference is like in Hallmark, it ends well and Nicholas Sparks, it never ends well, right? Never. Um, and so, uh, and so this story, the Othello, um, that Shakespeare tells does not end well. And if you don't remember this story, let me give you a really quick synopsis of it. Um, because what happens is, is that Iago, is in the military. He gets passed over for a promotion by his general, whose name is Othello. And so he decides to get even with Othello. And the way he decides to go about doing that is he decides to plant the idea in Othello's mind that his wife, Desdemona, is having an affair on him. And so he kind of puts some little evidence around, tries to kind of seed this idea that uh, that uh, Othello has an unfaithful wife. And then And then he just trying to trying to pretend like he's not trying to get underneath Othello's skin. That's when he says this line of, hey, uh, you know, don't be jealous. Um, but he keeps pushing him in that direction, and it ends badly. It ends very badly because um, Othello eventually believes. He actually um, murders his wife. Then he discovers that she was being faithful, and then he takes his own life. So like I said, doesn't end well. Um, doesn't end well at all. And in fact, it even ends worse because, you know, it doesn't really appear at the end of the thing that Iago really gets his his due either. So just, you know, but if you want to know more about it, you can always go read about it some other time. But the whole idea of of this, this story that Shakespeare talks is getting to the roots of jealousy and envy and what the outcomes of that are. And obviously, Shakespeare didn't think the, the outcome of envy and jealousy was particularly good. And Paul would have agreed with that. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, that love is not jealous. Well, wait a minute. No, it's, love does not, in, well, which is it? It depends on the translation you're reading, right? And I'm sure if you're reading a Spanish translation or a Portuguese uh, translation, it might say something a little bit different there, too. Um, but this is kind of a little bit interesting because in the English, in English, what happens is in the contemporary English version, the New American Standard Bible and the New Living Translation, they tend to translate the word jealousy. So in the newer translations that are out there, they tend to translate this word that Paul uses in the original language of Greek that this was written in. They, he, they use the word jealous to, to translate that word. However, some of the older versions or translations of the Bible, like the English Revised, the King James Version, New International Version, actually use the word envy. Love does not envy. So which is it? Well, I'm going to give you the answer. See it right there? Now you know. Okay, that's, now, now you can see the Greek word. You know what it is, right? Okay, we're all good. Um, so if you are not familiar, by the way, with how the Bible was put together, I really encourage you to take a little time because it really makes a difference. Sometimes we fight over things that are really silly because we don't understand that we're reading something that's been translated. It's, it, and so um, it really is helpful if you can kind of understand some of the things that are going on. And one of the ways you can do that is going to places like Strong's Concordance Definition, blueletterbible.org, and um, you can actually see the words. You can see how they're, what the definitions are of those words in the original language. And this word that Paul uses that we sometimes translate jealousy or envy um, is in the Strong's Concordance, they define it this way, to have warmth of feeling for or against. So a strong feeling, very, very strong feeling. Um, it could mean covetousness, uh, covetousness to, to desire something, to be envious, to be jealous over, to to be zealous. And so you read that, you think, well, that doesn't really settle it, does it? I mean, I mean, is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it both? Is it neither? I mean, what is it? Well, 
let's go ahead and go to something a little bit newer and, and see if we can find a definition that may kind of help us understand a little bit of what Paul is trying to say. Um, Mark Brackett wrote a book that's fantastic called Permission to Feel. Highly recommend it. And in that book, he gives probably one of the best definitions of the difference between envy and jealousy. And I know some of you have already read it, so I'm just going to say it now. Envy wants what others have. So envy is me wanting your Tesla. I wish I had a Tesla. That would be nice. You know, that, that's envy. I wish this. Um, uh, you know, it's all the other pastors in the Florida conference saying, I wish that I had been able to pastor whole life church, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so there you go. Um, and then, but <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to throw that one in. You guys, I didn't do that first service. I threw that one in for you. All right. So, um, but jealousy, the, jealousy as Mark uh, Brackett defines it is that jealousy doesn't want to share or lose what it has. So jealousy is, I don't want any of the other pastors in this conference to pastor this church. I want to be here. Um, and so that's, so, but jealousy is this, uh, this fear. It's not wanting to share. It's afraid of losing what it has. It's, I'm afraid that you are going to take something from me that I think should be mine. Can I use a little bit of a heavier example? Yeah. It, how about, could it be a little bit that I'm a white male and I get a little concerned when things start happening in society that may take away a little of the power and privileges? Because if somebody who has a little more melanin, did I say that right? Okay. That maybe if, if they have more, it'll mean that I will have less. I, I suggest to you that at the heart of racism is jealousy by this definition. The fear that by sharing, you will lose something. That's a little heavier, right? I told you it was going to be heavy, so you're warned. Okay. So what if we were to say this when we were, if we, what if we were to paraphrase 1 Corinthians 13, 4, where it says jealousy or envy, what if we were to translate it this way instead? It would be a lot longer, which is probably why they didn't do it this way. But what if we said love is not afraid of others taking what it has and does not want or covet what belongs to another? I think that it's important that we read it this way because I think that oftentimes when we read that love is not jealous or envious, we usually translate it in terms of wanting what someone else has. And we leave out the part of being afraid of losing something that we have. And the problem with that is it's easy to gloss over, oh, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'd like to have a Tesla, but I don't really want it that much, you know? I mean, it's okay. And it's easy to go ahead and surface it when there's actually something sometimes darker and, and, and more, more scary to look at in our motives for things when we translate it. So I want to suggest to you, I really think the way that I would translate it is the same way that the more contemporary versions of the Bible have been translated. Why? Because in English, the word envy 
means envy, but jealousy can mean the second definition, wanting what someone else has, and it can mean it can also mean the fear of losing something that you have. And so I actually think the right word to use in our modern context, the way that we use English today, is to translate it the word as jealous. Love is not jealous. Love is not afraid of others taking what it has and does not covet what belongs to another. Jealousy is the firstborn child of selfishness. Usually, selfishness is at the root of most of our sin problems. But usually the first thing that comes out of that selfishness is jealousy. It's wanting what somebody else has or the fear of losing something that we have, fear of somebody's going to take that from us. And what happens is it then multiplies into a hundred other sins. In the story of Shakespeare, it went to murder. In other places, it's where we sabotage a colleague. We don't work as hard as we could on a project that was their idea because we don't want them to look really good. Um, it's, it's when we, um, when we keep, when we, when we start, uh, being jealous that our spouse isn't doing as much around the house as we are, because we feel like we're envious that they're taking a break and why it feeds into a lot of things, doesn't it? We see it all throughout the Bible from the very beginning with Lucifer and Satan, Satan saying, who made you God? book of Ezekiel, he talks about ascending to the, I want to send to put my place at the same place as you, God. Adam and Eve want to be like God. Oh, I want to know the difference. I mean, why do you get to know that? Why don't I get to know that? Cain and Abel. Abel says, well, hey, I mean, I mean, part of Cain says, hey, why does Abel's sacrifice get accepted and not mine? That's not right. And we have the first murder. We have Joseph's brothers who are the classic definition of jealousy because Joseph is the oldest of Rachel, who is, who is, you know, the, the favorite wife of Jacob. And even though he wasn't born first, he's the firstborn of the favorite wife. And so the other, the brothers of the other wife, Leah are jealous. They're afraid that Joseph's going to take what should be theirs as far as inheritance goes, because dad clearly favors him. They're envious and they're jealous of Joseph, and so they sell him into slavery. There's David and Bathsheba. I need to talk too much about that one. This is this is where David looks at another man's wife, and he decides he wants her. And and by the way, this is the problem with pornography. For those of you who don't understand the problem with with pornography, the problem with pornography is that you are looking at something that belongs to someone else and you're objectifying it. And that's the problem. David looked at something that belonged to somebody else and said, I want that. How about the priests and rulers? They're jealous of Jesus. Jesus was gaining a following. People were following. What was going to happen to them in their place? What if he, what if he becomes more popular than us? That didn't end well. What about your own personal life? I'd love to give you five minutes to really do a, a real thinksy for yourself. Because like I said, it's really easy to kind of skim over this and say, oh, this isn't really much of an issue in my life. And by the way, Ken, is jealousy always really bad? Is it? I mean, really? I mean, isn't God jealous? Doesn't the Bible say somewhere that God is jealous? Oh, well, yeah, it does right here. 
Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, for you shall not worship any other God because the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Wait a minute. Didn't you say that we could substitute God's name in for the word love in 1 Corinthians 13, 4? So God is patient, God is kind, God is not jealous. And yet in Exodus 34, 14, he says his name is jealous. Wait a minute, Ken, something's not right with this picture. Again, goes back to language. Old Testament is written in Hebrew. New Testament written in Greek. So we're not talking about the two same words here, okay? And so the other thing that we need to understand is that this, whenever the Old Testament says that God is jealous, that word is only used for God. That, when, in that, that word jealous is only used in the context of God. It's never used in the context of human beings. So when it talks about human jealousness, never uses that word, only uses that word for God. And so many of the linguistic experts out there suggest that maybe a better word to translate that word for is zealous or passionate, that God is passionate. Why? Because it's what it has to do with, for you shall not worship any other God. This word is always used in the context of human beings worshiping idols, Why wouldn't God want us to worship idols? Is it because he's afraid of losing us and it's going to hurt his ego to lose us? No. It's because God loves us and he knows that if we go after idols, that's going to hurt us. It's in the context of caring, not of selfishness. So if God is jealous over us, if he's worried about losing us, it's only in the context that he doesn't want us to suffer pain because All the idols out there will let you down. Money will let you down. Status will let you down. You know, sometimes even friends will let you down. And when we make those things idols, they will hurt us. And so God is jealous for us because he knows that he's the one that can give us what's best. So is jealousy always bad? Yes, if it's about you. And this is the tricky part because a lot of times we like to clothe our jealousy in caring language, right? I could go ahead and use an example that a lot of us, we who are pastors can struggle with a little bit when it comes to our kids, right? Hey, you need to look a certain way. You need to act a certain way. We'll say to Kyla, I'll say to Kyla and Eric, well, why am I saying it? Is it because I care about them and that's what's best? Or is it because I'm worried about my image as a pastor if they behave a certain way? See the difference? One's about me, the other's truly about them. One's legitimate, the other's illegitimate. And so what we have to do is to truly be honest with ourselves. What are we really feeling? Why are we really acting the way we're acting? Is it because we're, it's about, truly about the other or is it because it's really about me? Philippians puts it this way. I always like to bring it back to Jesus because Jesus always has the answer. Jesus is where it's always at. Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And what I want you to notice is that this attitude is the exact opposite. The exact opposite of jealousy. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You see how that's different? 
And that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us away from envy and jealousy and towards sacrifice and love. It's a big difference. 18,000 people were surveyed. 18,000 people were surveyed by um, a study that was done several years ago. And Forbes reported on that study uh, in July 1 of 2019. And the people in the study were asked to rate themselves on a scale of 1 to 7 over how jealous they are. And that's, you wondered why it was a scale of 7 that I was wanting you to do, because we're going to get to compare our results to theirs. 18,000 people, and this is how 54% rank them as only a one or a two when it comes to envy. So either not envious and jealous at all, or just barely. Only 3.6% of the 18,000 people surveyed rated themselves a six or a seven when it comes to envy. So how do we do? Let's see. When in our survey, which we just updated, I asked them to put this in. Thanks, tech team, for making this happen. 19% of, our, of us rated ourselves as a one or two, and uh, 10% rated six or seven. So what we saw was that the majority of us were in the middle somewhere. Here's what I worry about. I worry about that last slide where we see that 54% of people don't think that there's an issue going on because you cannot deal with what you're not aware of. Dan Siegel said it this way. If you can name it, you can tame it. But if you can't name it, you can't tame it. It's basically the first principle of any recovery plan. If you're familiar with the 12-step recovery plan, the first step is always admitting that you have an issue to start off with because you cannot do anything else until you're willing to deal with that. And I would suggest to you that I do think envy and jealousy are a central part of American life. We see it in a lot of places, don't we? It's the basis of almost all of our advertising to encourage, I need to have that because so-and-so may have that. It'll make me better. And there's a million other ways that we encourage this in American life. And we need to go ahead and start naming it for what it is. It's jealousy. It's envy. And here's the good news. The Bible tells us this. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. The good news in this is that we can go to God when we recognize these things in our life, we can go to God, we can give them to him and he forgives us. And notice that it's his job to cleanse us, not our own, okay? God works in us to cleanse. Do we have a part to play in that? I suppose, but it's really God's job to do the cleansing. He's the one that does the deep cleaning in our lives. But one of the things we have to be able to do is to say, I can name it, God, this is what it is. I want to give it to you. I'm asking you for forgiveness, and I'm asking you for cleansing. And when we do that, we can be assured he'll keep his word. Family, love is not afraid of others taking what it has. And love does not want or covet what belongs to another. Well, it didn't get any easier after first service to try to follow (laughs) the worship team after that. Amen? Amen. So as we do every week, most weeks, I should say, last week we had communion, so we didn't take time to do the Q&A, and for good reason. It made a better communion feel, and the service felt well. Um, Abel, can you put up the slide that has the QR code for the podcast? Because real quickly, um, I want to make sure that we get a plug in because – I've heard from multiple people over the last three weeks when we had the the big question and they're like, we have a podcast. 
I didn't know we had a podcast. And then Atara came this morning and said, I just binged like five episodes and it's amazing. So if you just point your phone at that little black circle right there, that will take you to our podcast, which comes out every Wednesday morning, where coincidentally, all the questions you ask today that don't get answered here because we have limited time, we tackle on Wednesday along with Pastor Jeff. And that comes out every Wednesday morning, wherever you can find podcasts. So with that, let's go to some questions. And last week, Pastor Ken said, if you want to volunteer at this church, you better be quick because Atara is taking all of the positions. Atara is now taking all the questions. So <laughs> we love you. It's okay. Atara asked, if I'm being honest, I want some of my sissy's time. Pretty much I'm jealous that my niece gets to spend more time with her. And that being said, I want absolutely no harm to come to either of them. Is that when jealous, being jealous is harmless or is that something else? Uh, that's a good question. And um, <laughs> um, I think that there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with loving people and loving relationship with those people. Um, where it becomes harmful is where we start resenting and becoming bitter. Um, mm. And that's where we start having a problem. So when we start resenting um, another person and being bitter, that's when we start running into to problems. So, so it's kind of important for us to monitor <laughs> where we're at with those feelings. And sometimes when we hang on to those feelings, um, we have a tendency to, to nurture and grow them the way that uh, I wish I could grow plants. <laughs> um, and, and they tend to grow and, and grow out of control. Um, so, but it is hard. There's a lot of times in life where, where life situations change and we don't have the same relationship that we wish that we had before. Um, and sometimes the hard thing is to accept the relationship for what it is and what it's going to be, um, moving forward as opposed to what it was in the past. Seems like a teeter totter. Yeah. It seems like a lot of times we're we're balanced. We start off with, man, I really do. I really am happy about this. And then all of a sudden that resentment starts to creep in and it tilts. And then it seems like the other part, we just like get off and let the other person, you know, crash and, and feel the pain. And it's just seems hard to, to balance, to find that balance. But maybe like you said, finding the uh, early signs of the resentment might be it. All right. Uh, Razan, I hope I'm not butchering that. Can I be jealous or envious of someone's success in a good way? Is there a different word for that? Or to be inspired by the heights of, that someone else has reached and achieved and wanting that for myself without wanting to take away from what they have? Yeah, I had a great uh, conversation with somebody in between uh, during Sabbath school time basically about this. And I think that the word we're looking for there is admiration. Admiration... Mm, okay. Um, is it positive to admire the accomplishments of another person it is very positive. It's, it's good to have role models that we look up to and that we're impressed with what they do. And we think that's, that's amazing. Um, it's another thing though, when we start wanting to take from them what they have so that we can have it or mm. not being willing to, to share our toys um, yeah. so that another person can have. So admiration, it's a good thing. Um, jealousy, generally not a good thing. <laughs> generally. Uh, is there any, is there any time where jealousy is a good, I know we kind of, you kind of hinted at it, but well, with, with the, with the word that we used, um, I think that in, um, I think that in committed relationships, 
I think that jealousy can be when we when we love another person and we don't necessarily want to see that person being shared with other people. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Um, that's a, that's a um, yeah. I feel like I'm going to want to go back and edit this. That's what I don't know. Anyway, this isn't um, the podcast, Ken. No, okay, well, we haven't gotten there No editing, huh? <laughs> But, you know, the marriage relationship is God often uses marriage as a metaphor for his relationship with us. And that's the kind of the context when he says he's jealous over us is the same context that you would use in a marriage relationship that that um, where it becomes problematic is that God gives us freedom and he's not controlling. And what happens in a lot of marriages is, is they become jealous and become controlling, um, which is not good. Yeah. Um, and where it becomes hurtful. And so that's something that marriages need to look out for and be careful. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to desire relationship. It's a bad thing to be controlling. Yeah. All right. Anything that we didn't ask or didn't get to today, you still have time. If you're on Facebook, put it in the comments. If you're on the website, uh, wholelife.church slash live, you can put it in the chat row and we will get to the rest on Wednesday, and you can tune in Wednesday morning and hear your question get answered. Right Thank you, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put the clicker in my pocket this time. All right. There you go. Let's remember that love is patient and kind. Love doesn't want what others have, and it's willing to share. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We so look forward to a day where we are with you forever. Until that time, Lord, help us to care about others, to not be jealous or envious, but to truly care for each other. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, I am so glad that you chose to worship us with us today. If you are viewing online, we are so glad that you uh, drop, dropped in with us and we're here. And whether you, and if you're here in person, we're so glad that you chose to be here. It's, it feels good to see. It seems like people are coming back now that it uh, looks like uh, things are getting a little bit better and we just won't even say anything other than that. So there we go. We're so glad for that. And so uh, may God bless you this week. I want you to know that you are loved. You are loved. You are loved by your family here, and you are loved by your pastor and your pastoral team. God bless you. Have a great week. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church.
podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.